This is the first podcast in a while, Nick, that I have not been drinking at all. Spleen! I feel my regular chirpy self. You know, I don't feel any different other than my heart burns less and I'm burping more because now I'm drinking bubbly instead of whiskey. But... I noticed in editing the last few episodes, even really burpy, and not like burpy, but like you'll get like, yeah. and then you, you kind of get it out eventually. Yeah, one of those things, and then uh, hiccupy is ra- rather the I think the term I would use. Yeah, a little hiccupy, and then <laughs> kind of kind of gasping for air. The first half hour, I feel really good about the last few episodes. I'm like, dude, yeah, we're fucking locked in, man. And by the th- last half hour, all I can hear is me just like drunkenly rambling and i hope it doesn't come off like that <laughs> like no it, it's very it's remarkably similar to your sober rambling so it's not that big of a deal to me i'm just like i did i really say that did i talk about this for 20 minutes nick didn't say anything i'm not trying to step on your feet while you're doing your dance you know i i got a hoot out of listening back to the star wars rant last week a real hoot yeah, that was a lot of fun anyway it's the console freaking crusade podcast it's episode 51 i'm ej olson this is nick durheim we're doing it again we're back at it same old same old we're just here rolling into things we're gonna talk a couple things a couple of things we're gonna talk some things so yeah we're back on our bullshit prepare, your, prepare your bodies for that today we got metroid we got dragon ball we got epic versus valve and then you're going to break me down on all the NPD goodies for the end of year business. All that stuff you don't really care about, but I find very interesting. No, I do. You you sent me a couple of tidbits on Facebook, and and I had some hot takes about it. I'm one of those like, detractors. I'm like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. But we're going to get into that when you throw those numbers at me again. I would love that more than anything. So I don't think you really gave me too much hot take. Saving it for the saving it for the pod. Well, I guess it was, it's I didn't go on a rant, but I was just like, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Let's start with Metroid. This was, I think, the biggest news to us personally as Nintendo stands. Definitely, I'd say this industry wide, this is a big deal. So, okay, so for context, if y'all don't know, I, where have you been? Why are you? How are you listening to this podcast and not know what's going on? But uh, Nintendo came out and announced that they have completely scrapped everything they've been doing on Metroid Four which they announced two years ago at E3. Is that right? And then have put retro on it. Okay, cool. That's what people have been clamoring for, Nick. But what was retro working on? Who was working on Metroid before? Is it all? Is it real? Is this all fucking smoke and mirrors? I've got a conspiracy theory, but I want your take on, on this announcement. Yeah, it's especially weird coming off of the heels of EA canceling that untitled Star Wars project. And we see Nintendo coming forward and being like totally transparent. Well, not totally transparent, but transparent to the fact that they had a troubled development cycle and that they knew that Metroid, despite not being like a great seller, is one of their premier titles. And it's what fans are clamoring for and asking about. And they just said, hey, it wasn't working when we're moving it to retro and we're starting over. So they wanted to get in front of it and say, yeah, you're not going to be seeing Metroid for like three years from now. if anything." Three years. I mean, to be fair, Nintendo fans are very used to waiting for Metroid games. The gap between Prime and uh, Super Metroid was like eight years. So, not like a new thing. But it's interesting. And 
we don't know anything, like you said, about what Retro was working on before or what studio or studios was working on Metroid Prime 4 before this whole changeup happened. It's just kind of like rumors and hearsay and leaks and all that kind of speculative stuff that I find interesting, but I don't know how much credence I can give to it. Yeah, I think on the surface, this looks like a really good thing. It's a very consumer-friendly practice they're leveling with us and saying we we don't want you going all of 2019 thinking this game is coming like we're going to be honest with you at the beginning of the year and just say you know like you say this isn't working we we want it to work because we value you as the fans we value this property as being extremely important to you the fans and so it looks it's all fine and dandy my my conspiracy theory and i've seen this murmured about on the depths of twitter is that there really wasn't another team working on this game, and it's just kind of been stagnant or 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 loosely developed in the background, and that this whole Metroid Prime trilogy thing, that's what Retroid has been working on, and this game is going to come out, and now they're just moving on to proper Metroid, and that the whole E3 thing two years ago was just a thrown-together splash screen because they had to have something to keep people interested. Now that was the thing of that E3 for Nintendo that they, everyone fucking freaked out and talked about. And who knows, maybe this conspiracy theory, absolutely no legs for it to stand on. But if in the next month or two or three months, we get that Metroid prime remake, we're going to start thinking, Hmm, I wonder how, you know, how this actually played out. I feel like the, the trilogy remake or remaster or whatever you want to call it is probably inevitable, but I don't think that, would be like an indicator of your weird conspiracy theory. I think that'd be more like, hey, let's revisit what made Prime 1, 2, and 3 great, and how can we adapt that to a more modern sensibility, and how can we can we retro, retro retroactively uh, fit a better control scheme on the old games without like breaking the balance or the, the game feel of it, all that kind of stuff. I think that would be more likely. And Retro actually did the port for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, or else I would say that they would want to do a port to kind of get themselves acquainted with the Switch hardware because we haven't seen them put out anything on the Switch hardware yet. We don't know what the, if what they were working on when they started working on that, if that was originally a Wii U game or they moved over to the Switch. I mean, it's completely unknown. If the trilogy is announced and comes out and it's a ground-up remake in a new engine, I think that would lend credence to that theory of like hey hey the the remake was a it was the testing grounds testing a new engine testing new mechanics new physics whatever it might be uh so that they could dive into metroid 4 with some ground to stand on versus if it's just an if it's just like the wii port where it's just all the games just thrown on with some motion controls added or whatever that takes no time whatsoever realistically it would take a little bit of time i mean you You've mentioned it before, but how long did the Wind Waker remake take? The remake took six months. Yeah, and I wonder about how like true that is. I mean, I wonder who said that because don't like a lot of the same glitches that people use for speedruns from the original series worked in the Wii U one too. Like I thought it was a very similar engine, if if anything. I, f- I feel like they just ported the engine and just got the because like what assets were there? It was just colors. It's not like they had textures really. I'm gonna find you. Some quotes, my friend. Okay. Just because, I don't know, that's not like super important to this conversation, but I, I'm just wondering about that. But if they do a trilogy, I mean, a trilogy, I feel like is even more inevitable now because it 
will hold off fans a little bit better. It's like a make good. It's like what they did with, like I said, Zelda when Breath of the Wild kept getting delayed and delayed. They ported two GameCube games over to the Wii U and like gave people a lot of like quality of life additions to them. It was Anuma who who said it took six months. Uh, it was an interview. Let me see here. Was it one of like the uh, Awada asks or something? I, I can't find a direct quote. It just Eiji it, it, Anuma said it took six months to develop. Um, and then there's just a bunch of random info here, but not, I'm looking for the direct quotes. Talk about how challenging it was based on and So I'm, I'm going to the interview. You're right. It's not important. It's all in Japanese. Very good. <laughs> I'm not reading it because. Please understand. It was a forgamer.net. But have you been keeping track completely? Okay, let's go back to Metro. I've been keeping track with uh, some of the rumblings and hearsay about what the development was before. No, I haven't seen anything. So apparently, and we had seen some kind of rumors about this being a Bandai Namco team, maybe a new team based in Singapore. There was like some hiring uh, leaks from LinkedIn and that kind of stuff. So it was. it seemed kind of likely that it wasn't just one studio working on the game, that it was a kind of multi-studio project that Nintendo was kind of approaching this the way that Ubisoft would with an Assassin's Creed game where they've got, you know, four different studios working on different aspects of the game and then they would sort of merge them together. Right. And apparently, based on whoever insider sources that you can trust or not trust, whatever, uh, the development in some studios was like going great, it was going fine, but in others it was just completely off the rails and to the point where nintendo said hey we need to step in and this needs to be under one studio we needed to do what has worked in the past which that's a very nintendo move to say hey let's do what's worked before and do that again and apparently retro had a pitch and they showed it to nintendo and they said this looks good and they decided to move development or just cut development off completely from the other studio studios and retro is going to be taking the helm and who knows what's going on with their, their old game. I've got a tweet pulled up from someone who used to work at retro that, uh, and th- that retro was also the one that was rumored to be working on that star Fox racing game, which kind of broke before like E3 last year. If that got canceled, we are fine with that. Well, I mean, you know, projects take a long time to make and sometimes they get cut off at the last minute. I mean, I mentioned that last week, we can't speak to the quality of a game we've never seen or a concept that we've never even like tried out being a good thing or not. But I've got a tweet from a guy named uh, Eric Kozlowski. He says, unless retro has grown to a two game studio since I left, I guess this means the game I was working on when I left in August, 2015 isn't happening anymore. I honestly have no clue excited for everyone there though. I know they'll do an amazing job. That's interesting for a few reasons. 2015 fucking four years ago. That what three three and some change but that sucks a it's like a game that goes through that kind of development and then just to be like it's gone it's trash that sucks for for you know a lot of these companies we've talked about it over and over about how these companies these big corporate entities who these unfeeling emotionless entities who don't care about they care about the, the bottom line but the people working on these games are are you and I they're these creative individuals struggling and working hard to do something they love to see something they love come to fruition and for just like four or five years of work just to go out the window like that's devastating it sucks but i also understand that when you work for a large corporation you're trading the sort of control over the product that you're working on for a sustainability and like a comfort of like i have a paycheck 
So it's 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 a trade, and a lot of people make that trade, obviously. But it sucks. You're right. But also, it's Nintendo's. They own that property, and the work that the people do under them is not their theirs to own. Right. It's Nintendo's work in the long run. You know, the other side of this this coin that kind of freaks me out is if there there isn't some conspiracy that Metroid Four has actually been in development because when they show that splash screen, it was like the Pokemon announcement where it was like. There's a new Pokemon game coming. It's like y'all started development on this when you put this video together. Also, Nintendo's been burned by showing stuff before that was like either not going to be a game or was very early in a game. And people, the reactions have always been very like hard yeah. from fans. Like, sure. Think back to that weird uh, Zelda fighting a spider or that Link fighting a spider zelda demo thing they showed at e3 what 2011 2012 it was before the wii u launched yeah and everyone's like oh man that's gonna be the next zelda game it's like no that's just a weird little visual demo that they're showing off the hardware well that's their that's their fault for for example when they showed off the the zelda stuff before wind waker and to show off what the gamecube could do and it was like oh my god this is like the dark realistic gritty zelda we want and then they put out wind waker and it's like nintendo I'm glad you put out Wind Waker as a phenomenal game, and it's probably the most beloved in the franchise, I think, overall, now that we've gotten further and further away from... I mean, you're wrong, but that's the one you love the most, and that's fine. Wind Waker is the one that is... Every poll on Twitter, anyone talks about that is younger than, like, 25, that's what they talk about. You've got the fucking boomers, you got the Brian Altanos of the fucking world, crusty-ass, 50-year-old-ass dude talking about video games. Okay, you've got the fucking... (laughs) You know the uh, the link to the past and the fucking Ocarina of Time, but and Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. Oh god, that game stresses me out. Talking about it makes me mad because there's so much great. Uh, this is going to go to my point actually. There's so many great things in that game in Breath of the Wild. So many great things that Nintendo did some really fun and interesting things and created this gameplay loop that wa- kept you coming back. I I know I fell victim to it. I fucking beat that game. I don't beat games ever. But they did so much wrong, and I still stand by if that game was any other game, any other franchise, it would probably be, if it was an Elder Scrolls game, it would be the worst Elder Scrolls game. If it were, like, just because it does a couple of cool, interesting things, it would not have it would not have been a 10 out of 10 best game of all time. It would have fucking flopped. It was kind of generic in a lot of ways, and a lot of the open world elements that they, like, claim they want to emulate, they emulated so poorly or didn't implement at all. I don't know. You say it's generic, but, like, what other games... Do all the things that it does. It's an open world game where you do some puzzles and fight some things. There aren't really any like great big boss battles or a couple. There, the world is not particularly inhabited. Yeah, but like name some other games that are that it's like aping or that it's what else does what else does the climbing like it does? Okay, you can climb things. Yeah, that's like ninety percent of the game is climbing and floating around. You can do the same thing in Skyrim. You just have to hit the jump button a few more times. <laughs> you do the same thing in Skyrim, except you can't go anywhere. You gotta do the same thing. Same thing in Skyrim. You just have to do it on a horse, climb to the top of a mountain, all. Yeah, climbing sideways in a game that Bethesda can't even make work. I know, fucking Bethesda, man. After twenty plus years, you think they they could figure it out? But but so anyway, my my whole thing here is there is a Nintendo bias in the industry and it goes both ways when nintendo does something wrong it's worse than anything anyone's ever done and when nintendo does something right it's better than anything anyone has ever done and neither of those things are are true or they're rarely true again 
Breath of the Wild would have been a perfectly mediocre game, would not have gotten the praise it deserved, or, or that it got if it were any other company, any other franchise. So with Metroid, I, I wonder, and this is because Nintendo is still so stuck in the past in so many ways. I mean, I've ranted on that. But with Metroid, I look at it and say, is giving it to Retro a good thing? And, and who was developing it before, if that is the case? Did Nintendo just look at it and say, like, we don't get this? Because I have a feeling that another company, a, a developer in 2019 who has developed modern games, probably were doing something cool with that game. And it, like, freaks Nintendo out. And, they, and they, okay, so now Retro is going to get it back. And Retro hasn't really done really much of anything of note, I don't think. I don't know. I, th- I think all five of their games are above an 80 in Metacritic. I'd say most of them are above a 90. So that's fine for their time or for the style of game, but it's like Metroid. I'd say it's fine. That's like, that's makes them one of the best studios in the world. That's like Naughty Dog level studio, you know? When Metroid comes out, is it going to be good for a Metroid Prime game? Is it going to be good for a Nintendo game? Or is it going to be like a genuine, like, hey, this is a modern. I don't know what you will. Is, is Metroid a shooter? Is it a puzzle platformer? I, what is it? Both? That's a tough question for me to ask for you. Or an answer for you because you've never played a Metroid game, or you've never liked a Metroid game. Like the Metroid game. So is so is Metroid for you? I feel like I would like what Metroid is about if it like looked nice and controlled well. And again, when Metroid Prime came out, those like that game didn't fucking control the way modern games controlled, and it was it was infuriating. And that's why people say that oh, if you want to play this game, play it on the Wii because. Despite the crappy motion controls, at least you can control your fucking character now. That's something so simple that held the game back for me from being an enjoyable experience. Uh, and so, how does a remake look and how does a, a sequel look in the current year? And is it going to be... We talked about this last week with Star Wars. Like, we have the resources available to us. To th- These games shouldn't just be good for X, Y, and Z. They should be great for the time because... We know what it takes to make something great for the time. Right. But also we know what Metroid's historical sales figures are like. So I'm sure Nintendo knows that better than we do. They'll say, hey, this Metroid game will sell 3 million tops. What's that worth to us? If they made just a brilliant game, they've got all the marketing power in the world. They've got they're the hot topic right now in the industry. They're selling gangbusters. If they just made a really amazing game, it's going to sell really amazing. Like... Metroid hasn't done well because they haven't been very good games. I look at the Metacritic for Metroid Primes one through th- one, two, and three. Look at the Metacritic for fucking Ocarina of Time. It's like the best rated game ever. It is not even the best game on that system. That sucked. It's one of the best selling games on the N sixty four though. Metroid's not in the top ten for a Wii for Metroid Three Corruption. I'm just saying there are a lot that goes into it from a marketing standpoint, from just being in the, a part of a particular zeitgeist. Exactly. So it's more than just making a good game. And making a good game is also much more expensive than Nintendo probably wants to spend on a game that's only going to sell 3 million copies if they market it really well. I just feel like if they just made a good game that appealed to a, a wide range of people, it would sell. And Metroid was never that. Okay, so what game do you want? <laughs> I want I want Metroid, but I want it to be an actual shooter. That's what I want, Okay. You know what I want? I don't want Nintendo to make a shooter. They made Splatoon. They can't make a shooter. I want Nintendo to make a Dead Space, but with Samus. So a shooter? No, a horror game. Survival horror. Dead Space was just a scary shooter. It wasn't a survival horror in, in like in the vein of like 
those old school Resident Evil games or no because you can control your character but it's less of a, a shooter than it is survival horror is RE2 a shooter I mean I've watched video of it doesn't look like you can r- move around well <laughs> and shoot that's just a, a hallmark of the times you you couldn't control your character and <laughs> no, I'm talking about the remake the one that just, that just came out on Friday oh I haven't seen shit from that I literally didn't know a Resident Evil remake came out well shows how much you pay attention <laughs> So what's Retro done? They've done the Metroid Prime trilogy. They did yeah, DK. one, two, three, and then Donkey Kong uh, Returns and Tropical Freeze. So you've got a, a poor selling, mediocre franchise. Beloved franchise in both of them, honestly. Donkey Kong sold really well. Uh, and, then, and then Donkey Kong, which is the oldest fucking formula. They're great games, but it's, it's, it's not like they reinvented the wheel or did anything? It's not like they, they they put a modern twist on an old. What was your favorite game of last year? Could I ask you that? I'm gonna answer it for you. It was Spider Man. What was new about Spider Man? The same goddamn game over and over. It's just Assassin's Creed that you can swing around with. <laughs> I am totally on, on board with you. And good. The game should not have been anything less than as good as the best open world 3D action uh, RPG light games that we currently have. It did. It hit the standard and did a couple of new things, a couple of fun things. And was also Spider-Man. Retro took Donkey Kong, the most classic fucking formula for a video game, and they did it, they executed it as well as it could possibly be executed because we have perfected that formula. Metroid is a formula that wasn't even as good as it should have been when it came out in 2002. And now... And it still scored better than than uh, I think Donkey Kong ever did on like Metacritic if you want to go that's, by that's still, the critical reception. I don't, like, I don't necessarily want to value a game based on its Metacritic score because that so much goes into that. And it was a game that was traditionally 2D that they brought into a 3D space and nobody thought that they could do it and they did it. Metroid Prime is as important to Metroid as Mario 64 is to Mario and Ocarina of Time is to Zelda. I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying even for the time it had issues and that formula hasn't really evolved and I don't have faith that Retro is going to come into 2019 and make a fucking two decade leap. I feel like they're going to make a very similar game and it's going to feel so much worse now than it did 20 years ago or 15 years ago or six. How many, how many years ago was that? 17 years ago. 2007 was the last Metroid prime game. Fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm looking at the first game. 2007 was the last Metroid prime game. And then, yeah, that was, that was corruption. Who did, who did other M that was Ninja uh, team Ninja. Okay. The ones that are working on that Marvel ultimate Alliance game. Mm, okay. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm still worried. I don't have any faith that this is going to be anything other than what we got 20 years ago. And it's just, that's, that does not, it's not enticing or appealing to me. I would prefer that they go back into another 2D Metroid game and then dabble with that with Samus Returns. They did the remake on 3DS. That's fine. I'm not a fan of the the 3D art style. I just want like a really fucking badass 2D sprite based Metroid game. Because I'd like me a good Metroidvania. Again, we've talked about this. I like playing a good Metroidvania every two years. I'll play a Metroidvania or two and, and really like it. I agree. That'd be that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool if they hit up WayForward or Yacht Club or Inti Creates and give them like license to make a cool little $20 2D Metroid game. Yeah. That would be awesome. I agree. But I feel like it's much more likely they just go back to Mercury Steam and say, hey, do what you did on 3DS, but do it on, on Switch. That'd be okay. We'll do, like, a $40 2D game. With the, the two and a half D three D art, you know, should be fine, and I would probably be much more likely to get that because I don't hate my Switch like I hated the three DS. Sure, oh three DS <laughs> just fucking awful. And I totally I understand your concerns and I feel like they're valid, but at the same time, I've never, I can't think of a single 
shooting based like Japanese game that is actually really good and like fun to play. Yeah. Especially not one that you would be particularly interested in. Like I said, Resident Evil isn't really a shooty game, but it's got shooting in it. And I feel like that would be really cool to do like a third person over the shoulder, slow, methodical, creepy game with the Metroid franchise. I just don't see Nintendo doing that. They'd much rather have like the epic kind of weird, spooky, but not like horrifying kind of vibes. They would like to just do what they know and do what they've always done. Yeah, like I said, Metroid, I think they understand is a highly critically like reviewed game and like a, a very beloved franchise, but they know it's not going to sell systems. It's not even going to sell itself. <laughs> like the, It's like a thing that they put on their splash screen. It rounds out their portfolio. Like Zelda hardly even sells that well. Breath of the Wild is like a market exception. I say not a lot of what Nintendo does sells quote unquote particularly well, but Mario, Pokemon, Smash, and Kart. Well, Smash has been setting some records. We'll we'll get to that with the NPD stuff, but let's just quickly jump to two things I want to briefly, briefly touch on. First one is Dragon Ball with Project Z. Uh, the they 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 dropped a trailer for a Dragon Ball action RPG game. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me more about this because I only saw like some screenshots and the announcement like that it happened, but not like I didn't watch it because I think it's all in Japanese and it was around this Dragon Ball Fighters tournament or something. So, so you're gonna have to fill me in. I, I watched the trailer. The graphics don't look particularly dazzling. It was actually pretty disappointing. Yeah, I think we we're we were spoiled a little bit by uh, Fighters. Well, Fighters was gorgeous, but I mean, so was Xenoverse. Xenoverse looked really nice. No, this looks better than Xenoverse to me. Oh, I see. Well, I have to compare side by side, but I was really underwhelmed by by the trailer uh, just from, from an art direction. It looked mm-hmm. old and clunky to me. But the trailer was like, okay, you see you see some fights happening. The guy's trying to hype it up, and he's like, this is the story of Goku. And I'm like, okay. I know that guy. We've done this before <laughs> over and over and over and over and over for three decades. Hey, that's what DBZ fans want. That's all they know. I mean, yeah, well, this is why I appreciated Xenoverse so much is because it took that story, it took all, this whole saga that we know front and back, and it did something new and interesting, and in a way that honored the series. I just, an idea just popped in my head. Okay. Is Dragon Ball Z just Star Wars? It's been going on forever, and like, there's like a weird, they've had like weird additions, but it's like, it doesn't matter if Goku's not in it, doesn't matter if Luke's not in it. Like, is that like the, I feel like... I feel like I'm on something here. I need to, I need to workshop this out some more, but I, I can come up with better things. I see what you're saying. They were they were massively important for their time. They shaped pop culture in their own right. Frieza is Darth Maul. Uh, no, because fucking Frieza keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. And it's like, all right, enough with the Frieza, man. They did it right. I thought they killed him off. They cut him in half, and that was the end. And then he came back, and they killed him again. Hey, Darth Maul got cut in half. That's what I'm saying. Darth Maul came back, and... Uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, but then they kept bringing him back and it, it killed that Darth Maul theory. But I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Hu- hugely popular, massively successful, very important to to their respective industries and pop culture at large. And they can't make games unless it's just the Z saga again and again. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, they, they keep doing the same thing. And then, okay, so when Dragon Ball came back, and this goes to your point, Dragon Ball comes back instead of doing something new and refreshing and exploring these characters we didn't really know much about and doing something, you know, with stakes and, and there's add some intrigue and really like 
fucking knock us through a loop. They just were like, okay, Goku's strong, and he's going to fight a stronger guy, and then get stronger, and then it's just going to be the same fucking thing over and over and over. They're going to get a Death Star. It's a bigger Death Star! And they're going to have a Jedi, but he's a more strong Jedi! Not to mention, DBZ Kai is just the George Lucas special editions. No, 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 it's, that's, it's the inverse. <laughs> because Dragon Ball Kai... They took stuff away instead of adding a weird song and dance number at the KPM. Exactly. It was the inverse. I would say the original English dub, the original funny dub, that was that was the George Lucas cut. They just added all these fucking things to the manga to pad it out. And then someone came and reversed Lucas it. And they're like, okay, we're going to cut this out and cut this out and cut this out. We're going to really honor what the creator had in mind here because this stuff is terrible. But I like that. I like that, that idea, Nick. Toriyama just sitting in his in his Japanese studio with his 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 drafting board, just saying it's about a family. <laughs> it's like poetry; it rhymes. <laughs> Toriyama is, in a lot of ways, the George Lucas of manga and anime. Oh, man. I'm glad. I'm so glad we had this conversation. <laughs> it's the inverse, though, where George Lucas is well, not even because George Lucas also is like, well, yeah, he, he's kind of a he's kind of a frog man, and uh, I just put him in there because I thought, you know. Well, we've got a bunch of humans, so now he's a frogman. Can you can you go out transfer to a frog? Because I thought it was fun, and I love drawing frogs. Yeah, and it was like, well, what about? And then they both forget. Well, oh yeah, I guess I did write that character. He did do this thing. I I forgot about that, and it's like this is like the most important thing in the fucking fandom, and you forgot about that. This was just on a whim, and you never revisited it because you're just literally a fucking old man. <laughs> who doesn't give a fuck about what you're making? You're just pumping things out like a machine for a paycheck. Okay, but okay. So anyway, Dragon Ball this Project Z didn't look impressive to me. You know what it reminded me of, Nick? It was Dragon Ball Sagas back in the day. It was going to be. It was. It was professed to be this like this like, oh this open world for the first time Dragon Ball game, fully destructive three D environments. You can go where you want. You can do what you want. This fucking fancy RPG, and it was a terrible, massive, disgusting disappointment of a game. Yeah, because they realized that their their eyes were much bigger than their mouths on that one. Yeah, and so this is the vibe it's getting. It's like, all right, you're fighting, and it's Goku, but now he's just walking by the Kami house, and now he's walking by Capsule Corp, and it's like, okay. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely early, whatever it is going to end up being. I'd rather have a company under promise and deliver on that under promise than uh, over promise and under deliver. Yeah, I mean, I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball games. I played both Xenoverses. I played Fighters. I played Extreme Boot Toten on the 3D fucking S, for Christ's sake. Did you hear about that uh, that announcement about that? What was that? It's like a card game on mobile? Oh, that yeah. Dragon Ball Heroes super thing yeah. that's coming west? I was actually really excited at first because I it before I actually read it, on first glance, it looked like uh, Dragon Ball Fusions, which was this weird little chibi 3DS game that they put out, which was fucking a cool game cool concept and a killer game that right. Trevor and I both sort of got into. Uh, but then I read, I was like, oh, okay, that's not what I thought it was. Damn. Cause I was like, that would, that'd be great on the switch. I would even a port of that. I'd love on the switch with good controls. Yeah, It seems like it's more of like a, I don't know if it's like a gotcha system, but it's a card game. It's very, it's got like a thousand cards, you know? So if that was something that you're into, it's easily something that you could be into for a long time. If that's what you're, if that's what you're looking for, I may have to look into it because you know, my favorite Dragon Ball game of all time, Legendary Super Warriors on the Game Boy Color. It's just, it, it's a, this is weird card system where you're, you're, they're button combos and you have a deck of cards you're drawing for your moves. It's very interesting. Kind of RPG card combat. Yeah. There were a lot of those on Game Boy Advance. Even Kingdom Hearts had a card based RPG. 
system in that. Yeah, and it's it's very reminiscent of like early Dragon Ball games on like this uh, Famicom and 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 whatnot. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's Dragon Ball. We'll see what what comes of it. Metro Exodus. What the fuck is going on with this game? And 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 Epic and Steam Valve is crying. Tell me about that. I have never played any of the other Metro games. I know you've kind of. Have you played them? Yes, I I bought two, both of them. Uh, uh, not the the Redux, but the original. It was like Metro, like Last Light, First Light, and like Metro Twenty Thirty Three. Yep, something like that. Yep, they're based on these Russian novels. It's a Deep Silver published game, so now a THQ published game shooter, kind of post apocalyptic. Yeah, very RPG or not RPG, but like kind of that immersive RPG kind of vibe, a little bit like uh, the old Deus Ex games. Your bullets are your currency also. So it's kind of got the survival element mixed with like inventory management. It's, it's very well regarded. And they announced that they're going to be launching on PC exclusively on the Epic Game Store, which then led to Valve or someone saying at Valve uh, saying that it's unfair and not consumer friendly for Metro to be launching exclusively on, on Epic. To which... I don't know. I've seen. I've been seeing some think pieces about that, and that like Valve being weird and trying to sick their toxic user base on on Epic or on the the developers of Metro to like try and call to action, right? A uh, some like bad people on the internet or whatever. But I think this is kind of funny to for Valve to say that because if you have a PC, all you're doing is downloading another program. It doesn't really matter. I mean, if you have a concern about uh, Epic Game Stores security or their just their customer support not that valve has any of that either but like you can have concerns about the platform itself without it being like oh i just don't want to buy it because it's not on steam and i'm too much of a babby to open up a second program to open my game up like that's that doesn't really matter so companies like ubisoft have done this and ea have done this blizzard has done this they all have their own launchers they all have their own ecosystems and those are all just obnoxious because they, they, you know, Ubisoft, it's just fucking spyware running in the background, making your games run like shit. There's no incentive to be there, but Epic is doing this and they say, hey, kind of doing like what, what good old games did. You know, GOG has become, I wouldn't say a Steam competitor, but they've become a Steam contemporary and a noteworthy one. Yeah. And they all have their benefits too. Like GOG, everything is DRM free and they right. have like nice little neat packages of hey this is here's this old game we know it's a pain in the ass to get it to run on new computers so we just made it work and now you just buy that yeah that's great so there's an incentive to be there yeah and like you said with Uplay there is incentive to do that because if you're invested in the Ubisoft economy of games if you're into like oh i know i'm going to be getting far cry i know i'm going to be getting assassin's creed and the division and all these games you get like Uplay points so you can like save yourself money if you know you're going to be buying the DLCs and like getting a little packs and that kind of stuff too if you if you really want to be dedicated to that ecosystem you can so it's not that there's no benefit it's just that if you're a casual casual ubisoft like if you're you come and go then you're not as likely to care about that kind of economy and that no interface you're just irritated that you have a mandatory piece of software you have to install and check in online before you can play your games if you're just yeah, casual just like stuff like denuvo in general and that's why there's a a piracy community to like crack that stuff so that people will delete it and take it out <laughs> right but but epic has come in man and just said hey we want to be a player in this market and so we're gonna we're gonna 
do things that are more consumer friendly, that are more developer friendly, and we're going to profit because of it. And they had the capital to come in because they're printing money with Fortnite. They could come in and they could take these risks. And the thing about it is if Steam thought that this was like, hey, this is not sustainable for them because they're paying out too much and they're doing this or they're doing that, they would just wait it out and shut the fuck up. But they know that this is perfectly yeah. sustainable and they are coming in and they're doing things that Steam doesn't want to match because they've already built this this infrastructure that relies on all of these these different processes playing out the way they've been playing out. And so they can't just say, well, okay, we're also going to give our creators X percent and we're going to you know do, do X, Y, and Z. We're going to pay for exclusivity. Like They can't compete because they're so far, they've dug their own hole so far in this one direction and Epic has come in and said, we're going to do things differently and try something new. And... And it just so happens that it works out better for literally everyone involved. So Steam has to either eat some fucking crow and probably lose some cash if they want to compete with these things. Instead, they're just crying about it. They're not changing policy. They're not implementing any new, uh, you know, anything of their own to compete with this. They're just crying about it on the fucking internet. And like you said, they're sicking their fucking toxic user base on on the user base of like, this other platform. It's so silly, too. It's so silly to be someone who's dedicated to a fucking game distribution client like it's so yeah. silly like you're a gamer you want games to be cheaper you want them to be better guess what competition like this breeds better and cheaper product so what what's the fucking matter and steam steam like you said it's they're so used to resting on their laurels and they're used to being the only drug dealer drug dealer on the block and now epics move again and it's like they're busting up their their gig and they they're crying about it which crying about something is the fastest response they can make yeah and it's also the wrong response yeah i assume they're going to be putting in like into effect some some changes with their their profit sharing or like adding more features that makes it more enticing to stick to the steam ecosystem but until then it doesn't really like the big news about this is that metro is launching on the epic game store at 50 dollars, where on other platforms they're selling for 60 and they can afford to do that because they're they're getting eighty eight percent of that that fifty dollars as opposed to if they launched on Steam they'd be getting seventy percent of the sixty. And if you do some quick math, seventy percent of sixty dollars is thirty six dollars, I believe. No, no, no. It's 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 forty two. They're get that's forty two dollars. Eighty eight percent of fifty dollars that'd be twelve from fifty. That'd be six dollars off. That's forty four dollars. They're still making more money. <laughs> they literally are that's fucking hilarious and i i think that's that's just consumer friendly yeah good for them and if epic has problems with their store with like if people are worried about their end user license agreement if they're worried about uh security if they're worried about refund policies they already changed the refund policy to be exactly the same as steam's yeah and if you're worried about customer support steam has never had customer support let alone good customer support right go forth and and multiply epic yeah, and Metro, I mean, Metro can afford to do that too, especially because they're more of a double A kind of game, kind of pushing towards triple A, but they they do not have the kind of uh, pedigree that other games do. Right. Well, let's uh, let's roll into this, our final topic here. I had one interjection yes. before we do NPD. We had that weird little uh, indie, that Nintendo indie nindy thing from Nintendo Europe that popped up last week. The Nindirect. Yeah, I literally don't know anything about that. I saw that it happened, but I didn't see anything that came of it. I didn't see anyone talking about it. It came and went as quick as a single tweet that said this thing happened and no one knew about it. 
Um, I'm trying to pull up a list of the games featured really quick because there were a few notable ones that got dates and some new games that we hadn't seen before, like a uh, follow-up to SteamWorld Dig 2, which was one of my favorite games of 2017. So I'm just trying to find their... um, Because Nintendo is actually pretty good about showing the uh, and their timestamps and their YouTube videos that they post, like what gets shown when. I really appreciate that. Definitely a big deal for me. The biggest deal. Again, this is this is something that doesn't necessarily move the needle for me. It's like, uh, I care about these indies when they come out, and if they come out to critical acclaim, and I feel like, oh, I should play that because everyone's talking about it, and it, so it must be good. You know, it, the thing with the indies, it's like, there's so many of them. and I mean, there's over a thousand games on the on the Switch eShop, right? So it's like, there's so, there's so much chaff, right? When it comes to big AAA games, it's like you've got a much higher batting average, right? Where like seven of ten AAA games are going to be fucking quality and worth playing. Whereas when it comes to indie games, you're looking at a much, much lower percentage of like quality titles. So it's like, all right. No, I'd, I'd say a similar percentage applies to the indies that are actually like talked about and actually shown on a channel like Nintendo's. Like okay. They know what the good stuff is and it's not always going to apply to you, but 70% of these games are going to be great. And also they're all probably going to be like 20 bucks or less, Yeah, which is a lot, a uh, lot, lot easier of a pill to swallow, but I can't find the video that I was looking for, but they did show that uh war groove is coming February 1st. So like in a few days, and I've been waiting for that game for a while. That game looks awesome. That's the uh, advanced wars looking one, both more of a medieval kind of art, uh, aesthetic and style. Um, it's still pixel art. Looks like a lot of fun. I've been following the dev for a while. And then also they showed, like I said, the follow-up to SteamWorld Dig, which is a game called SteamWorld Quest, which looks like it's more of an RPG. It's got like a card kind of combat system, which I'm not exactly 100% like into, but uh, they have made great games before, so I'm much more likely to check out this one because of that. And then CrossCode, which is a game I've been following on Steam for a long time. It's been on early access. I think it just actually came out last year. But that's got a port announced for the Switch. So I know I'll be playing it. Just wanted to shout that out really quick. Interesting how SteamWorld, they are now going to have three very different types of games, very different genres, all yeah, in the same cool. umbrella. I like that. That's what I want Shovel Knight to do next, man. I want Shovel Knight to do something just totally wacky. Dude, it'd be cool if they made a game that wasn't Shovel Knight. They've been making. They've been putting out Shovel Knight for five years now. That's true. I just want a sequel. Like I don't want all these weird DLC where it's like, no matter how good these other characters are, they still aren't as they don't they don't control as nicely as Shovel Knight. Just Play Knight was fucking awesome. You need to you need to play that one. I'll, I'll give it a go. I was so disappointed with uh, the first DLC. Or not Plague Knight. Spectre Knight. Spectre Knight. Was yeah. Good. Plague Knight was, was rough. Weird and bad. Yeah. That was the first one they did, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, now let's roll into NPD. Yes, NPD. They track the sales in the US. They have physical for everyone. They have digital for almost everyone except for like Nintendo and Bethesda, I think are the big ones they don't get digital ones from. And they miss out on like some PC sales because that's always weird. So we've got uh, a bunch of like stuff about the hardware, hard hardware years, gains over year, whatever bunch of crap i don't really care about we got a top 20 for both december and for the entire year 
obviously number one for December was Super Smash Bros. Because that was the biggest game. That was like the only game that actually came out in December that was worth buying that was new. But we got a top 20 for the year with Red Dead being the best selling game of the year, followed by Black Ops 4. And they note that Black Ops 4 didn't get PC sales in that number, which I don't know how big of an audience plays on PC for that game. And moving to uh, Battle.net might impact that number a little bit, but I wonder if it was close enough that Black Ops would have taken it if they had those numbers. Then following that, we got sports. We got 2K19 for uh, NBA, then Madden 19 for the football. Then Smash Bros. Ultimate is the fifth best-selling game of the year without any digital numbers taking into account. And that came out uh, December, December. <laughs> Like, Yeah. That's insane. Not even a full month's worth of sales. Following Smash Bros. is Spider-Man at 6, Far Cry 5, uh, God of War, Monster Hunter World, and then Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the top 10, rounding it out. Spider-Man did really well. Yeah, I mean, you have a, almost 100 million units, and it's the most anticipated fucking first-party AAA title. Of course it did pretty well. Yeah, I think it's more just Spider-Man finally getting a developer that cares and getting the freedom to do what they want. I don't think being exclusive helped them. I mean, everything else on this list, Spider-Man, uh, Smash Bros, and God of War are the only exclusives on the list. Oh, Spider-Man would have sold much better if it was on every other platform, but you know, just the fact that there are 100 million units out there. Like, if this was exclusive to the Switch, it wouldn't be in the top-selling fucking games of 2018. But because it's on the most ubiquitous console... Having more units has a diminishing returns as far as how many uh, of each game gets sold. We've talked about this before. We look at the PlayStation 1, that sold 100 million units, and its best-selling game, I think, sold 10. You know, like, it doesn't really matter. I think Wii U had a... What was Mario Kart 8 on Wii U's sales? total like 8 million units something like that like it doesn't really matter (laughs) well i mean there's a lot that goes into that you look at the playstation that console had such a diverse range of games and it was in so many types of homes and it was like that pioneered the fucking rpg like the modern rpg was made on the playstation for better or worse the 3d platformer and you know fighting games you had all these genres in these pockets and so it was much more fragmented but individually those even those genres sold better than they ever would have elsewhere but i want i want to hear these spicy nintendo numbers from from december all the records this is a really huge thread and i'm just trying to parse it and you're probably going to be doing some cutting because uh, there's a lot to, to like read and a lot of it is like not super interesting like super smash bros ultimate is the best-selling game of december 2018 and instantly becomes the fifth best-selling game of 2018 despite digital sales not currently being tracked by the npd group which is what i said earlier so like, i, I, don't I need just to repeat that i just want the three things that you gave me in that facebook message the other day because those well, are the i'm big sorry things. i didn't pull up those i just pulled up the entire twitter thread which is 20 tweets back to back that's crazy that was a that was a a, a big dick move on your part i'm going to pull up what you sent me because Super Smash Bros. Ultimate sets a new launch month dollar sales record for a platform exclusive in video game history, exceeding the launch month dollar sales of 2010's Halo Reach. So it is the best selling exclusive based on first month sales ever. That's crazy. So it outsold Spider-Man in its first month. It outsold God of War in its first month. It outsold Halo Reach back in 2010 in its first month, which is the previous holder of that record. Yeah, that's uh, that's insane. Uh, the other bit you gave me, for the first time since 09, Nintendo is the highest software revenue generating publisher 
of the entire year. Of course, yep. 09, you're looking at the height of the Wii and and the eShop. Yeah, I'm not sure what else they published in that year. I don't know if they counted eShop sales. Uh, okay. or not eShop, but like virtual console at least. Right. Because like I said, they don't tra- track digital. Physical sales had a higher percentage back then, but I think something I was reading about was that uh, physical sales have remained pretty constant. It's just that digital sales have grown. Yeah. So as new people uh, jump onto the platforms, then they're more likely to buy digitally. And a lot more games are being sold primarily digitally, like indie games. Uh, this is actually kind of fun. Mario Kart 8 finishes 2018 as the second best-selling racing game of all time, trailing only Mario Kart Wii in lifetime dollar sales. I hate that Mario Kart Wii. It's so inflated. It's so... just. I just feel like it's not... Uh, inflated uh, how? Tell me. It's not... It's a very disingenuous representation of a game that nobody, nobody could tell you anything about that game. It just came with every fucking Wii. And so people had Here's it. Here's the thing, though. When they track sales of games, they don't track bundles as a game sale for revenue. How in the goddamn... Which is what they mean by revenue. Nobody bought Mario Kart because it came with the Wii. No, like 30 million people bought Mario Kart. <laughs> how did... How? Because more people got the bundle that came with Wii Sports. I guess that's true. In the first couple of years there. My goodness. Because he says lifetime dollar sales, which is important to note. Because when they track bundles, that counts as hardware. It was also Switch was the uh, best-selling console of the year, both in units and in dollar sales, which matters because PS4 and Xbox both have SKUs that cost $400 and $500, respectively, with the Pro and the Xbox One X. Ooh. Nintendo just knocking down doors this year, man. Yeah, they're doing well. I mean, they're in their, they're in their second year. Xbox and PS4 both sold worse than they did last year. But that's to be expected because they're both in their, what, fifth years of sales? Yeah, it's at the end of a, a console's life cycle. It's at the end of a generation or, or very close, the waning generation. And Nintendo is coming in hot with a new console as things are about to theoretically turn over again. So it's funny, the coming out mid-generation, I guess it really wasn't mid-generation, just as early as they did with the Wii U kind of hurt them. A lot of things hurt them with that console. Oh, yeah. It but, was a comedy of errors, as we like to say. Yeah, but because of that failure, it has in turn propelled the Switch and made the Switch more successful than it would have been if it probably would have launched alongside the last gen or alongside the next gen. Coming in at this weird market where people aren't quite ready for the next gen, but console manufacturers, they're winding down, anticipating, preparing for it. And so not a lot happening in that space. And Nintendo just said, boom. We're going to fill that vacuum. Especially since, if you think about it, the Wii U, based on its power, is more of like a late, like a super late competitor to Xbox and PS3, with the 360 and PS3. Right. If super the Wii late. U had come out in 2010, I think that would have been a much more successful console. If it would have come out in 2010 and they had called it anything but the Wii U. Even if they rode that Wii, the Wii Wave was still like pretty okay in 2010. It was definitely dried up by 2012. The thing that Nintendo and a lot of people who talk about this don't understand was that the Wii U even to a point was still riding the Wii's success. I had friends who bought Wii U games thinking they could play it on the Wii. So it wasn't the fact necessarily that people didn't know it existed. That that, that was true to an extent. But for the people who did, they just thought it was an extension or an add-on. So it was poor marketing and riding that Wii train it probably did more harm than good. I should change my possession a little bit. If they if they kept its compatibility with Wii games and still made it a backwards compatible system. Oh yeah, yeah. But just named it differently like yeah. 
a million things could have been done to make the Wii U more successful. But coming out two years earlier, I think would have been much uh, a needed thing because it yeah. would have gotten a lot better third party support. Even the third party games that did come out in Wii U that were contemporary with uh, 360 and PS3, the Wii U often had like the best performing versions of those games. Right. The Wii was interesting because it did so well, but it was it was marketed to everyone but the gamer. And the people, you know, Nintendo thought this was going to be sustainable, but it was like these people, the people who bought Wiis, a lot of them are still playing the Wiis. The Wiis are still in the retirement homes, right? They're still in the daycares and the, you know, it and those people are not upgrading to the next the latest and greatest. And so and that, you know, that who knows how that would have played out had they come out two years earlier. But, Nick, my laptop's on 9%, and my charger is bundled with my backpack. So let's, uh, if there's any other interesting NPD factoids. Yeah, one more just to kind of tie it back in with the, the Wii sales. Uh, Nintendo Switch generated the highest December month hardware dollar sales for a single platform since the Nintendo Wii in December 2009 and achieved the highest December unit sales for a single platform since December 2010. So they've beat their own previous December record, which was the the best December of all time, which obviously we've talked about December is kind of a waning month. It's kind of yeah. gaining some prominence now that like every game isn't just com- coming out in October or November, but good for them. They yeah. did it. Smash Bros came out. Smash Bros came out and in a month where games don't come out and no games came out this year. And, but I don't think that that doesn't, that doesn't matter. I don't need to sit here and be like, well, Nintendo, you could have done better or you should have done this. So it's like, Hey, they're doing well. And if Nintendo does well, that means I'm going to get more of the things I love. So I just have to let it happen and hope everything else plays out. They're selling gangbusters, both software and physical units. Uh, do you think they're going to hit their uh, 20 million estimate for the next uh, fiscal year? For the year, I'd be very interested in that. I'm still waiting. I think they're releasing in the next few days. They'll be, they'll be, uh, doing their investor call and talking about numbers for um, their Q3. So normal, like what we would think is Q4 is their Q3, which is September or October, November, December. Yeah. And we'll probably get sales figures for Smash Bros. Worldwide and Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee Worldwide, all that kind of fun stuff that came out end of the year for them. Even Mario Party. I'm sure they all broke a couple million. Uh Smash Bros. We've been kind of getting like hints of what their sales figures are like. I think it's sold like two million in Japan. Like it's doing really well, but I would like to know what their sales for the the hardware is for those three months because that would definitely inform whether or not they're actually going to reach that twenty million because that is a very very strong span for them historically and for other companies as well. Uh, if they sold like ten million units, I don't even know if they'd even come close to twenty overall because they've had like 2 million sales in like the last uh, three months before that. So right. wasn't really tracking to be close to that. Also, it doesn't really matter. Like if, if they missed that 20 million mark, they're still doing really well. It's yeah. just a, a matter of them being like honest to their investors and what that means to them. Sure. Less than it means to like us speculating about it. I also think though that it does say a lot about a console success. If you're shattering internal predictions because here's the thing companies never start the year the fiscal year by saying uh oh, things are pretty bad we're fucked no they 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 aim up here 
to get their investors stoked and they get the people, you know, the boards hyped up. And it isn't until the third quarter when things are looking dire that they have to temper expectations. And we've seen that. So it's like if they're starting the year saying, boom, we're going to hit this threshold and then they actually do like, damn. Yeah. No, if they actually meet that 20 million, it seems like it's a very common uh, prediction or like opinion to have that Nintendo won't meet it. So I think that would be a really big dick move. If they actually hit it, <laughs> that Nintendo. But at the same time, I don't, I don't have a horse to race. I don't have a prediction really. I just think that if you thought that Smash Bros wasn't a system seller, you're an idiot, and you've been an idiot for the past ten years. It hasn't historically been a system seller. Dude, it was a system seller for the Wii U. It's just the Wii U is really bad. Fair. And the Wii already sold all of its units in the first two years anyway, so it's not like Brawl was going to make a, a big dent in that. And Melee was too close to launch for it to even be like noticeable if it was a system seller or not. And Smash 64 came out the same year the GameCube came out, pretty much. That's absurd. That's like two years before. You yeah. Know? So, like, yeah. it's hard to tell. But I think Smash Wii U proved that it could be a system seller. Yeah. I mean, everything Nintendo does has the capacity to be a system seller if they just make mm. it good and they fucking give it some decent marketing. Yeah. They've got some weird titles that they really cling to. Like, the Miyamoto's really in love with the Pikmin games, but those are never going to be a system seller. I love Pikmin. Yeah. I want Pikmin 4. Still not convinced that Pikmin 4 is a game that's happening. You know, I think the Pikmin game he was talking about was the fucking 3DS game. And we've argued about this, but I'm still convinced that that was the game that was in development, not Pikmin 4. Could have been. I don't know. I don't think he was involved with that one, though. That was like an external studio that made that. I don't know. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. That was so long ago. How did that game do critically? Poorly. Oh, I got the 3DS. This is a bad platformer. I mean, what do you think about when you think of Pikmin platforming? No. <laughs> Being in a 2D on a 3DS? Like, come on. What do, I, what do I think about when I think of Pikmin? I think of the worst Smash Bros. character, period. Fucking Olimar. I hate, I hate Pikmin. He's the worst Smash Bros. character. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but it was only, uh, I mean, last month or two months ago, maybe, that I found out that uh, Olimar has an alternate skin, which is a completely different character. Yeah. I said that since the last game. <laughs> I had no fucking clue because because oh. I don't play. Yeah, Alf, I don't fucking play Olimar because he's terrible. He's trash. Really squirrely. He's hard to play. He's bad, bad news bears. Feels It feels bad to lose to him, though. Oh, man. I've been I've been playing uh, Smash online with the little brother. Yeah. Little uh, little nine year old guys. Ten. He's ten this month. Fuck. How, who's who's he been playing as you're telling me you're mentioning that he's getting better. Oh, he's, he's actually getting, learning to play. Yeah, he's getting a lot better, man. Like like. It used to be that when we played together, we'd hop on FaceTime, I'd pull it up, and I'd like kick his ass a time or two, and then I'd, I'd give him one or two, you know, just so he like, he'd get hyped up at the end, and then be like 2-2, two, two. I'm like, alright, last match, dude, and like, depending on how I was feeling that day, sometimes I'd give it to him, sometimes I'd just fuck him up, <laughs> you know, and what so, good brother. yeah, and so, just because I want to keep him on his toes, I want him to get better, I don't want him to think he's too good, but he's not. But I also want to give him the confidence like, hey, see what happens when you get, you know, last time you almost beat me. This time you beat me. You got better. And next time I'm going to kick your ass and force you to get better again. So it's a game. I want him to understand these games and get better and be better than me. But uh, plus it's, a, I mean, the, just the raw excitement when he beats me is like. And also, yeah, teach him how to lose and how to be gracefully losing. Right, right. So, and, and so that's, so I mess with him a little bit and, and, you know, for those reasons. But he's getting to a point where like, I can't just zone out and just like crush him and, and, you know, kind of podcast on, you know, in one headphone 
chatting with him as he yells and just bullshitting. And and like I have to pay attention and fight him because if I don't, I will lose. And then it becomes a thing where I'm like, well, now I have to fucking try to beat him because if I actually lose to this kid, fuck, man, that doesn't feel good. Think about it this way. He is now the age that you were when Melee came out. Oh, my God. My nose is running so bad. And now my eyes are running because that is sad to think about because we're old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I'm older than you, so. Oh man, I but you look better. You got a, you got an immaculate hairline there, so you know you got that widow's peak, that strong widow's peak. It could be stronger. I've seen some stronger ones out there. I think my brother's is a little bit stronger. Well, you, it's because your brother is bald. Yeah, yours is a widow. Yours is an actual widow's peak because this is the hairline God gave you. His is more like Vegeta. It goes further back on the on the left and right side. It goes back to the back of his head, man. Not that being bald is funny, but I mean, we're getting older. So the hair creeps back. We get bigger foreheads. That's just the way it be. It's just the way it do. It's to hold our big old brains. Yeah. But you've always kind of had the, the widow's peak thing happening. So yeah, I guess you're right. But anyway, anyway, you know, Daniel, yeah, can kick my ass pretty good. Now he's playing a lot of Corin. He's playing a lot of, oh God, he, last time I was home, he was playing King K. Rool a lot, but who was he playing this? He's playing, um. We said Corin a lot this week, and then and he played for the he played uh, Smash for Wii U, didn't he? A little bit. He did, yeah, quite a bit. So is he like really interested in like the new characters they added, like the the Echoes or like Ridley or Simon or any of those kind of? He liked Ridley a lot. He liked King K. Rool a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Ridley's a hype character, dude. Yeah, a lot of fun to play. I mean, he's a big old dragon man. He was a dragon man. Trogdor was a man. He was a dragon man. <laughs> and he was just a dragon. But he's always Trogdor. That game was in fucking Guitar Hero. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, that game was. That song you mean? The song. What did I say? I said that I said game. That game. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's yeah. the. That, this is the infection setting in. It starts with. It starts with mental. You know, uh, uh, I'm cloudy. I'm confused. Wow. It starts then, with mental uh, cloudy. <laughs> it's happening. And then I get shorter breath. That happened about an hour ago. I'm going to go pop my antibiotics and, and try to get fucking decent sleep tonight. Yeah. And uh, maybe pop that tennis ball tumor you've got growing up. Maybe, maybe it's a blood baby. A blood baby. Well, better out than in, I guess. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe that's not no, the no, case. No, I mean... Internal bleeding, you'd rather have an outernal bleeding. <laughs> well, that, well, that's true. That's true. But if it's like just a bloody organ, like you probably don't want it outside of your body. Your organs are meant I to mean, be inside. I don't think there's supposed to be any organs by your shoulder blade. <laughs> uh, your spleen is near is near there. I thought it was lower. I don't know. Your spleen is like below where your ribs are. I don't know, Isn't man. It? I don't know, man. I just remember that my brother was sick in high school and a doctor was like, you're spleen three times the size you should be. That's why you feel like shit. And so we'd play basketball and shit, and he'd be like, fucking back off, dude. You're going to pop my spleen. So whenever I'd fuck with him, I'd go to punch him in the left shoulder and be like, spleen! <laughs> oh, brotherly Your brother's love. got a bad case of wandering spleen disorder. <laughs> it's, it's fucking spleen dysplasia. Scapula. Spleen! <laughs> spleen! Uh, that, that was the consequence. We're ending on a double spleen. Give me a countdown. <laughs> You didn't even give us our, our email or the, the Twitters. Oh, damn it, guys. Follow us on Twitter. It's not active. You guys don't follow us there. I'm Eddie Jiggle. He's at Presidential Death. Console underscore Crusade. That's where you can find us. Email us, you motherfuckers. 
Y'all have email. It's not that hard to log into your fucking email. Just do it. All right? Feedback at ConstantCrusade.com. We want to hear from you. And for all of you who always be hitting us up in the group chat, just send us an email. All right? Feed our egos. Make us feel valued and important and like we're doing something with our lives. Okay? Yeah, Lee, if we see you, we know you listen. You choose to ignore this, this call to action. Yeah. Leaf, email us about your thoughts on Metroid Prime 4. Chris, you don't listen, so fuck off. Chris doesn't listen. Drew doesn't listen either. He's busy owning a house, being a productive member of society. Right. <laughs> good good meme. I, uh, one, I want to give another shout out to Cody Schaefer, who, who designed our new logo, which is not yet reflected on the podcast. And I realized that last week after he posted the whole deal, it for some reason it's uploaded and it shows uh, on... Uh, like Google, for example, or on our website, for example, but for some reason, not reflecting in the podcast apps themselves. Don't know it why. Depends. It depends. It does on some, but okay. it doesn't on others. Like it works on Spotify, but it doesn't work on Pocket Casts. Okay. Same with the iTunes, with Apple Podcasts. So um, I have 2% on my laptop, buddy. Uh, so we're going to count this down. Cody, thank you again for the logo. We're going get, to get that sorted out so it's our main logo. It's on the social media, which you can follow us. Yep. Hit us up. Give me a countdown. Double spleen. Spleen. Spleen.